And so we have had a weekend of NFL football to digest. We are going to be going through each of the games, kind of giving you a little brief overview, what we thought, um, because I know that we all watched them, huge NFL fans here. And then as a commonality between us and every other analyst in the world, we are going to be doing week one overreactions, giving some hot takes that you guys shouldn't take so seriously um, and hopefully maybe get some people riled up. But first, let's start with Thursday night football, Texans Chiefs, Chiefs take home the win. What do we think about the Chiefs win? You know, not really surprised, but, you know, Mahomes just keeps being Mahomes. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, threw it pretty well. Didn't throw it a ton, only 32 attempts. But, you know, I thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played really well, too. And, yeah, Chiefs can be hard to beat. Yeah, I think that both sides of the field for the Chiefs was pretty solid. Uh, I guess the Texans on Thursday, pretty nice. Mahomes, uh, Kelsey, Tyree. I mean, even Hilaire in his, first, his rookie game. Also had lots of bright spots. And then for the Texans, uh, Watson did throw a touchdown pass. He ran for one, but then he was just always in pressure, I felt like, every single play. Uh-huh. And then David Johnson also had a pretty bright spot for the Texans. But, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think the Texans have enough um, receivers for um, Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, I just don't think the receiver core is good enough, and that really showed with how the Chiefs cornerbacks really blocked them. Yeah, they, they need Cooks to get healthy because I think once he gets kind of gets back into the mix, he is going to kind of be Deshaun's number one. But until then, you know, this offense is kind of running through David Johnson at this point. As for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. Allaire looked insanely good. I mean, kind of exactly what they needed. Um, I feel like Damian Williams kind of lost his spot, lost his job by opting out because Allaire – I think he's just going to have a great year. So it kind of sucks for him, but. You guys think that Damian William opted out due to concerns of Claude Edwards Hilaire permanently taking the There spot? might have been a part of that in consideration, but um, I, most likely I would say no, but there, you know, there, there's a small chance, but I think if he's really dedicated to um, like that, he's safe and stuff, then I think he would probably, um, be okay but I think because he opted out probably some concerns health issues and stuff you know I think it was more of he had some connections to people who got the got the virus and maybe had some negative effects so you can't really blame the guy it's obviously his choice but you know it's gonna be a tough one for his future Mm -hmm. okay let's move on Seahawks Falcons um Andrew the Falcons fan, how are you feeling after the loss? You know, same problems as last year. Penalties, bad secondary. You know, Keanu Neal got healthy. Didn't really help. I, I thought I thought the D-line played really well. Got some sacks, which didn't happen a lot last year, especially in the first half. But, you know, definitely some costly penalties. It was like third and, 30, third and 25. They get a penalty and move the Seahawks up 50 yards in a crucial possession when they're up. So... Or not up. It was like 14-12 or something. And also on like third and 30, they gave up like a 30-yard pass. So. Yeah, it was pretty pretty undisciplined football for, from the Falcons. You hate to see it because I feel like there's so much talent there. Um, Gurley had a good first half, but once the they got down, it was kind of hard for them to 
incorporate him into the offense, which didn't help at all. Um, Seattle, though, they looked really good. Um, yeah. DK, mm-hmm. looked, DK looked good. Russ looked like the MVP pick that I had preseason. You know, Jamal looked really good, too. Um, yeah, just overall a good, a good day. Yeah, despite I just saw this. Um, did you, did Andrew, did you actually know that uh, the Falcons actually outgained the Seahawks in yards? Yeah, I did. almost a hundred and five oh six to three eighty three. That's a lot of yards. Yeah, and it's talking crazy. about that, uh, the Falcons receivers all one hundred plus yards, going from Julio Jones to Gades. You know, just an overall really good game. But you know, mm-hmm. I think that Jamal Adams killed them for sure. Yeah, what? 12 total tackles and a sack, so. Yeah, he had a good game. But, I mean, that that stat's kind of skewed a little bit because most of those yards were in garbage time where it really didn't matter, so. I wouldn't yeah, say that. But I don't know. He de- he, I mean, he, he was definitely putting up the yards early, but a lot of those cheap yards he had at the end kind of make it seem like he had an elite day. But I mean, both teams like had the – yeah, and both teams had the possession of the ball for like about the same amount, and then just the, the problem or the problem was, Land turned the ball over twice, and um, Seattle did not turn it over once. The so. problem was that Atlanta was zero for three on fourth down conversions, on like fourth and ones, just couldn't yeah. block well enough. Gurley couldn't find the hole and get through. And that uh, uh, is one more problem. That certainly doesn't help, does it? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, Jets, Bills, um, Aiden, Josh Allen, big day. Josh Allen is – I think he's a real deal. I mean, despite only winning by a 10 in the Jets, um, I think he just got up to a really good start this year, just a throwing start. Um, it's a, yeah, I mean, he's just – he got – he was the first Buffalo quarterback to top th- uh, 300 yards passing in nearly three-plus years. Uh, I think, yeah, Allen has a very bright future um, with the Bills, and um, I, I really liked what I saw from him. And going back to what Sam said in the NFL predictions, bashing Josh Allen for his accuracy in his first game, 33 for uh, 46, 312 yards, two touchdowns. Sam, would you like to take that back? or? Uh... I mean, are we, we, we all saw Allen go four yards over his tight end's head when he was wide open on a bootleg in the red zone. So the score, I mean, I feel like they left a lot of points on the board. That certainly doesn't help. That I mean, is true. This Jets secondary is arguably the worst in the league after losing Jamal Adams. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the Josh Allen hate is not going to go away. Um, I, yeah. I, I just think the Jets are kind of an anomaly if you're going to really assess his, his uh, performance. Yeah. And what's your guys' thoughts on – Frank Gore outrushing Le'Veon Bell. I know Le'Veon Bell is hurt right now. But, you know, Le'Veon Bell just didn't get those touches in Frank Gore. Frank, Frank Gore is a, just a – I mean, it's crazy. Like, what? how old is he? Do we, does anyone know? He's Fire old. He's old. I'm just going to say very old. But the he fact he's 40. The fact he's still, like, in like in the league and doing pretty well. I mean, I, mean, I, did, I didn't get the win. But still, I mean, just putting some numbers up is pretty – Good for him. Uh, I just I saw that Buffalo had the possession of the ball for 42 minutes. Whoa, jeez. When the Jets only had for 18. That's, yeah. 
And I would like to point out how good of a game Stephon Diggs had in this those opener. You know, mm-hmm. he did have a good game. game. I, I I personally think it's pretty embarrassing for Le'Veon. He seemed to be talking a lot this offseason, like it was his year to come back out and um, show that he was still elite amongst running backs in the NFL. And I, you know, I gotta feel bad for the guy because he he certainly didn't live up to his talk that he had. Yeah, lots of injuries in week one. He does have plenty of time, but, I mean, he's going to come back from an injury, and then who knows what type of hole he's in already for the Jets. Okay, moving on. Aiden and his Lions franchise. A tough, tough loss at home to the Bears. Aiden, I want to get firsthand account from a Lions fan. How do you feel after this devastating loss? Um, You know what? I So, I mean, blowing a 20 – or for the Bears scoring 21 consecutive points in the fourth quarter, that obviously is really bad. We've had – like, I feel like every time we have a lead in the fourth quarter, I feel like it all, all, almost like 95% time, or of the time, it's always gone and you're going to lose it. Um, I just think we kind of made some dumb reads in the end. Uh, I mean, we were playing great football in the first three quarters, but all of a sudden when the Bears started putting up some momentum, we kind of like – kind of got we were just kind of rushing things not making the greatest reads and then um on defense we just getting burnt I mean Trubisky I mean credit to him other than the first three quarters he was really bad the fourth quarter he was delivering some balls um and they the Bears just made plays and the Lions just kind of struggled and then obviously I was there was such a devastation when Swift dropped that ball but yeah I think the Lions, I mean, they didn't have Galde and Nakuda, but there's no excuse. But I think, that, I mean, they play. They had, they show some bright spots in the first three quarters. But I mean, it's not it's not acceptable to lose a big lead in the fourth quarter again. And if they do, one of my surprise or one of my overreactions, I think Patricia could be gone next time. That's like they blow a big lead in the game, no matter who they play. Yeah, and, you know, it's tough being a Lions fan, especially in the fourth quarter when you're playing the Bears with the QB that that uh, I like to call. In the fourth quarter, I like to call him uh, Trubisky time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Trubisky time. You know, it seems like he wouldn't be getting so much hate if it was Trubisky time. But, you know, you got to give him credit. You got to show credit where credit is due. Trubisky had a big fourth quarter, ultimately coming back for the Lions. Sorry, not the Lions, the Bears. Um, Stafford, I felt like he was kind of shaky in the fourth quarter. Made some throws that probably shouldn't have thrown ultimately leading to a few turnovers. So um, it's week one. Kind of felt like Groundhog's Day from last year, but uh, I think the Lions will um, find a way to kind of bounce back from this. And don't read into it too much if you're a Bears fan. And I just want to point out uh, that uh, Matthew Stafford throw to DeAndre Swift was was a pretty hard throw. And he put it right on the money for DeAndre Swift, just drops it. Yeah, I thought – Staff, I mean, Stafford put it right on the money. I think Swift just – I don't know, man. He, honestly, he just probably thought about it too much or just looked, looked ahead or something. But, yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah, very tough. Um, Packers, Vikings, another – we're going to stay in the AFC North. Packers put up a ton of points in this one. Uh, Vikings not not looking too good. What are we seeing from this one? Bad defense from the Vikings, you know. This Vikings team was thought to be like a top five, top ten defense, especially with the 
acquisition of uh, Yannick Ngakwe, but no. Rodgers did it, did Rodgers type things, especially being his age. And Devontae Adams probably had the best performance of week one other than maybe Josh Jacobs. But, yeah, just two two really good games from Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams. Well, what I learned is I really un- – I still underrate Aaron Rodgers. I mean, for how, like, just – it's crazy to me because I really was kind of doubting him this year, but – I mean, putting numbers up, he almost had 400 yards. He had four touchdowns. I mean, that's really look bad look on the Vikings. But I mean, still credit. Aaron Rodgers is still a very top player in the NFC or in the NFC North, and can't really disrespect him because he continues to ball out. And it's tough. It's tough to beat the Packers with the Aaron Rodgers on. And going back to our NFC North picks, would you guys like to change that after Week One? Because I think all of us picked the Bears, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm probably gonna have to change that. Yeah, I'm going Packers. They just looked absolutely dom- dominant. I mean, I they the made the so they made the Vikings defense look so embarrassed. I mean, it was just. I know the Vikings did score 24 points in the the last quarter, but I mean, like, how many of those points really counted? I mean, it was what they had. I mean, they dropped 43 points. I mean, that's that's and a here, lot in the NFL. And here's the um, thing. The the Packers, I felt like they left some points on the board. In the first half, they were getting to the red zone, but they were struggling mightily to get in the end zone. So, I mean, you really think about it, the Packers could have been 50-plus if they would have been able to capitalize on some of those possessions down in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, they had – it's not like they converted on every single of their opportunities. I mean, they had some kind of miscues, but still. I mean, if you're scoring 43 points and – Still having a few miscues on week one. That's it's very scary. Moving on, Patriots knock off the Dolphins at home. Um, what are we seeing from Cam's debut? Uh, you know, go ahead, Andrew. Cam really showed the New England. Pause. You 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 start. All right. I think he's on mute. Shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. The Patriots knock off the Dolphins at home in Cam's debut. How are we feeling about his performance? You know, I think Cam gave uh, a lot of bright, a lot of bright side to the New England fans. You know, showing a lot of running, two rushing touchdowns for seventy-five yards. You know, obviously the Patriot fans aren't used to that. I haven't seen that in about twenty years, probably more. And. No, I think New England's excited about him. And looks like what Billichek's been saying has been true. So definitely a bounce back game for Cam. Yeah, I think Cam Newton just looked great as a replacement to Tom Brady and just them being used to a different style of um playing and I liked how Belichick was starting to open up the playbook maybe a little more and doing unique stuff with Cam. I mean he had a nice game and then just give some credit to the Patriots defense. I mean, they create some turnovers on D, but they did well. Yeah, this this defense is definitely going to keep this team in games. I feel like, you know, I mean, 21 points, obviously they were kind of sloppy, but, you know, I just felt like they, I don't know, I wasn't entirely impressed with them because the Dolphins defense didn't seem like they were having too hard of a time um, stopping him other than, Obviously, a few of his touchdown drives, but um, regardless, a win for the Patriots. Um, and then we move on to the AFC, sorry, NFC East, 
one of the most embarrassing losses for any team. Should I pause it? Yeah, I'm about to join and leave back, Brooke. Like- Moving on, um, one of the most embarrassing losses of the day, including Aiden's lock. The Washington football team knock off the Philadelphia Eagles at home. How are we feeling about this kind of stunner? Embarrassing. especially Very this, embarrassing. Especially for this Eagles team, what, three years ago, won the Super Bowl. You know, Carson Wentz started off pretty well. They went up, what, 17-0 or something like that? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Washington's D-line just destroyed them. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, all of them. And, yeah, definitely embarrassing, but, you know, they can always bounce back. Yeah, I just think because Washington's defense was what really helped them win this game. They had eight sacks on Carson Wentz. That's just really a bad look on the Eagles' O-line. Um, and the Eagles just turned the ball over. They turned it three, over three times, went through two picks, lost a fumble, and just the football team didn't really have any turnovers at all. Yeah, uh after watching that, I think the Brandon Brooks injury should definitely not be taken lightly because, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's embarrassing for the team to give up that many sacks, especially against a team that, you know, wasn't really known for their pass rush last year. Um, yeah. The Eagles will definitely figure it out, though. So. Yeah, yeah. but they need, they need to figure it out soon if they want to compete in this division. Yeah. Yeah, and this Eagles team was thought to have one of the best O-lines with or without Brandon Brooks. You still got – what, three pro bowlers? Mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey, Jason, Jason Kelsey. Peters, uh, Lane Johnson, all those guys are pro-level worthy. So, Yeah, beyond embarrassing. Beyond embarrassing, especially for Aiden. You know? But I can't talk. My, my, my lock was also a loss. So. And all, all you guys thought I was stupid for picking the Saints books. I told you guys. It was a blowout. Yeah, it was. Sure was. Moving on to Carolina, the Panthers – Lose by four at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. How are we feeling about Jacobs in his good game? Josh Jacobs had a day, and he definitely did spoil Matt Rule's season debut with the Panthers. But, yeah, Jacobs had a very nasty game. Derek Carr didn't have a bad game either. He threw 22-30, 40 yards in touchdown. That's not bad at all. And just the Raiders overall just looked like the better team. That just feels weird saying the Las Vegas. Like, I know I was watching the game and I see LV pop up. I'm like, what? Because I'm so used to seeing the OAK. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Jacobs definitely had a heyday. It was this was really the battle of the running backs. You know, McCaffrey and Jacobs, and you know, this two, these two teams aren't very good outside of them. So, let's talk about Carolina. That fourth and one they had at midfield. Basically, the play of the game, and they're running a fullback dive when you got Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the NFL, in the, the backfield. Best. I mean, the best. how much sense does that make? None at all. And, you know, I think Matt Rule is still using his college strategies at Baylor. So, Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you got one of the – or the best running back in the NFL, best fantasy player. I mean, not that it matters, but, I mean – Still, running that type of play and a very crucial down is very interesting. If we learned one thing, it's that Baylor clearly didn't have a Christian McCaffrey last year that Rule um, could rely on. For sure. Mm-hmm. 
Following that up, the other most embarrassing loss of the day, the, ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner, the Farmer Minshew, knock off the Indianapolis Colts. The only other game with fans other than opening day. Um, how embarrassing was this for the Colts? You know, this Colts defense was thought to be elite, but you got Minshew Mania back there throwing dimes, 19 for 20, three touchdowns. And, yeah, just embarrassing for the Colts for sure. Phillip Rivers didn't have – had a solid debut, but threw two picks. And Nakeem Himes was the real shocker here. You know, Marlon Mack obviously tearing his ACL. Jonathan Taylor back there too. And Nakeem Himes, the arguably third-string running back. Yeah, I told you, boys, I thought Minshew was going to – or despite being on one of the worst teams in the NFL, I think that he, he's going to still have a great year. I mean, he threw 95% completion rate – or had a 95% completion rate, or should I say. Threw three touchdowns. And, I mean, Philip Rivers, you know, like what Andrew said, he, he had a decent game, but turned the ball over a couple times. And, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville didn't turn the ball over again like other teams that have won. Yeah. Um, you know, just – just I, I can't even describe it. Um, I feel like a few of the main um, things that you can rely on as a Colts fan, the O-line and the defense, both didn't really have good days. Their defense gave up a lot of yards on the ground to a rookie um, in Robinson – just kind of embarrassing. I feel like Rivers didn't look like he had very much uh, torque in his arm. So, um, getting old. Ultimately, just pretty embarrassing for them. Yeah. And the Colts don't have the wide receiver core that the Saints do. So, can't just go throw dump downs to Michael Thomas and stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, then next we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. What were you guys' thoughts? You know, you know, whoa, nice. I'll go. Um, the Browns just ultimately a, a huge embarrassment for them. You know, similarly to last year, a lot of hype going into the season. I kind of called this a little bit, but just getting flattened on their on their butt against a team um, that was better than them that day, and pretty embarrassing for them. I think Ch- Nick Chubb owners in fantasy are are not happy after that. Yeah, and, you know, being in my fantasy league, a very competitive league, having Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham back there, not the best decision by me, but, you know, it happens. Baker yeah. is Baker. Um, you know, I think Baker will get bent very soon and then move to uh, another QB. But, yeah, definitely super embarrassing, and I'm not the happiest, happiest as a fantasy owner. Yeah, Lamar showed why he was the MVP last year. I mean – had a really good game, and then I thought Stefanski, honestly, I mean, it. And other, I mean, other than getting completely blown out, I thought some of the plays that the Browns drew up, I think, were pretty good. I, I don't know if it was really Stefanski's fault, but they just there was one play I remember it was Odell's wide open drop. It was a good route ran by him, but they just didn't like Odell didn't catch it. I mean, it's, I don't know if that's really on Stefanski, but we'll figure that out. But Browns just need to be better next time. I mean, you can't lose by thirty-two. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, Joe Burrow's debut comes to a crushing ending. How are we feeling after Randy Bullock pulls the game-tying uh, game field goal? And my question to you guys is, what's more embarrassing, 
no, Aiden doesn't really want to go back to this, but the DeAndre Swift drop or Randy Bullock absolutely spoiling Joe Burrow's drive to get down the field and I missing. would probably, despite me being a Lions fan, I would still I would probably say the Bullock just because they had a touchdown in the bag and then they had it called back because of a penalty, and then missing a thirty some yard field goal. I mean, that's two heartbreaking plays. I mean, I know the Lions. I mean, it was a heartbreaker, but I mean, still, I mean, you had multiple opportunities to fix your mistake. I mean, that's crazy, and they failed at both. Andrew, to answer your question, I think the most embarrassing performance of the week, it is Bullock, but it's not the miss necessarily. It is the stunt he pulled after the miss, the whole injury faking. What a total joke. I mean, if you're going to – if you're gonna go down like that, just just give it up. Like, breathe your inner Goskowski. At least he admitted to his mistakes. Um, just ultimately pretty embarrassing for him. I I hate to see it. Husky was the one who uh, hit. The, yeah, that's what I thought. But Goskowski was also the one who hit the game winner to win to seal the game. So, no, I think everything was fine by the end. But I think if Goskowski Miss that kick. His career is over for sure. I th- I think it's holding on by a limb anyway. Yeah. I don't. I mean, one more missed kick though. If he if he remains on the roster for next week and he is booted. For sure. Okay. Next game, Bucks Saints. Andrew, your lock of the week, the Saints. Are you just ecstatic about that pick? Man, I told you guys. I told you guys. You know. Saints are pretty hard to beat at home. I mean, no fans are not, you know. This Saints team came ready to play. Michael Thomas didn't even play well. Kamara came up huge in the first half with those two quick touchdowns. And Saints defense just played really well, held Brady to limited yards in that. So, Yeah, I mean, it's obviously – it's a, t- it's a tough uh, matchup for Brady in his first game. Probably – I mean, other than maybe the Steelers, there's not a worse team you could go up against. Um, if you're Brady trying to get things settled in, the Saints D is just is too elite. So especially their cornerback core and their safety core. You know, you, get, you that pick up a Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins. You got Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, all those guys. They were they were elite. Yeah, it was a very tough game for or just a tough team for the Buccaneers and Tom Brady to open with. I. Really smart of Andrew to think about that. It was definitely going to be a lock for the Saints. I probably should have thought about that, but uh, I probably should have saw that coming because I knew there was going to be mistakes lurking for the Buccaneers. But, yeah, Saints just played well, and they did their job, and Tom Brady just needs to figure stuff out. Agreed. Yeah, um, not much really about that one. Pretty pretty ugly for the Bucks. good win for the Saints. But another uh, NFC matchup, my lock that I unfortunately – Got wrong. Totally misread this one. The Cardinals march into Levi Stadium, knock off the 49ers. Um, Aiden, you have a controversial take about what you think the Cardinals can do this season. Yes, I think they have the potential to be the next Baltimore Ravens. I just really love Kyler Murray, and I've, I've been pretty high on him since the beginning of the year. I think he's been a, a great quarterback for the Cardinals, and they have a really young – upcoming team I think their defense is slowly getting better and better and better by year uh I think they can be a very very great team in the long run but uh they had a nice game against the 
uh, good t- or pretty talented team like San Francisco. Uh, Hopkins had a career high 14 catches. I mean, that was more than I think any Texans receiver got. <laughs> but it was crazy. Or for the Texans receivers in week one. But yeah, Hopkins and Kyle Murray had a day. So it was a good day to be a Cardinals fan. For sure, for sure. And I was wondering, what exactly do you mean by saying the Cardinals are the next Baltimore Ravens? Um, I think just I kind of see relations with, with the types of like offense they're on. They run a lot of like they they run a lot of deep balls, and sometimes Kyler Murray when they need him just needs to scramble. Like I'm seeing, he had 91 rushing yards and had a touchdown. He led them in rushing yards. Just they like to run the ball when they need to. I mean, they also have Ken, a good running back in Kenyon Drake and. Yeah, yeah. Cardinals just need some defensive pieces. So that's what I yeah. was gonna say. Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. And yeah, I can kind of see that relation. Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. good comparison, honestly. Um, we are we are gonna actually get to our more of our overreactions kind of in a full segment in just a little bit. But let's finish out these games. The Cowboys kind of an, a tough loss in LA. First game in SoFi Stadium. Um kind of controversial at the end Andrew Mm. kind of walk through that a little bit yeah I was just going to talk about that you know Jalen Ramsey absolutely sold that uh that call right there the push off whatever and you know Michael Gallup the whole Cowboys team to be exact was not happy at all and you know the the new Cowboys coach was extremely mad about it but you know not much you can do about it they're going to make a call and from there after that play the Cowboys could just not get anything rolling. But. Yeah, basically just sucked the life out of them after that play. I mean, I know one play doesn't determine the entire outcome of the game, but that was a pretty big call, um, pretty big play. But, yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more for um, Prescott because, I mean, he had a decent game, only threw for one touchdown. Zeke did pretty well, but maybe just – I mean, if he's going to want all this money that he wants, I mean, he's got to – He's got to produce a lot more, score more touchdowns, and put some more points on the board. Because he was held their, – their offense was held scoreless in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's not not a good recipe for victory. Yeah, I'm agree with you guys, but I'm also going to criticize um, Kellen, Kellen Moore's play calling. They had a fourth and three in the red zone. Kind of a – I mean, a questionable call, poor execution. If they kick that, they tie the game up right there. I mean, I I understand wanting to get seven, but when when you put it in retrospect, that's kind of a tough situation that you put yourself in, just by just by going for that. So you know, maybe maybe uh, McCarthy kind of gets gets more in check. Hopefully, we don't see any more of that uh, goofy play calling down the road. Yeah, for sure. And this game's a totally completely game if they just kick the field goal and get a stop on defense. You know. From there, it's just really. Um, from there, it's just really. If Jared Goff can take the Rams down the field and win the game, so yeah, cut that out. By the way, I will. Um, Monday night Steelers, good road win in New York against the Giants. Um, yeah, uh, how are we feeling about this win? Um, I just I thought it was overall a good performance for the Steelers. Good return for Big Ben. Had a solid game. Didn't have any turnovers through for three touchdowns. And Benny Snell, and for the replace of the, I, w- I would say the injured Connor, 
I think Benny Snow had a great game, a rush for over 113 yards, and Juju had nice two touchdowns. And then I think the highlight of the day is Saquon. Where was Saquon for the Giants? I mean, you just Big Ben had more rushing yards than him, and a lot of other quarterbacks. But that was just it's pretty embarrassing. I mean, you need to expect more for Barkley, but yeah, you, it was can't really put the Giants. can't really put that on him though. You know, the O line just like. Every time the Steelers rushed three, four, no matter how many, they just got there in seconds. So Yeah, it was crazy how much pressure they put on Daniel Jones. Yeah, but going back to what uh, Aiden said about Benny Snell, you know, we've seen this story before when there's, uh, their running back one gets hurt and, you know, like Con- like Connor. Connor was, at one- was once a running back two, you know, came in, destroyed just like Benny Snell did. So we could possibly see Benny Snell become the permanent running back one if – Connor continues to struggle with energy uh, injuries. Yeah, and it's it's not like there's really much of a drop off between the two. I mean, Snell had a great college career, and I mean, I guess it kind of just didn't work out for him getting a starting job early in his NFL career. So, you know, I think he is definitely capable of taking that starting role um, mm-hmm. for the Steelers. Maybe that's the preference for um, for Big Ben and company. But you know, ultimately a good win. The rush defense was insanely good but uh, not the best game on Monday night the Titans snuck out a win against the Broncos um, in the nightcap and Sam, you must have had a lot of heart attacks during this game as a Titans fan as a Titans fan you know it's 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 tough because this game it's gonna look it's for it happens every year but they there's some games that we we win that are kind of ugly that ultimately make the media think that we can't win games in a good fashion. And this is a perfect example. This game was easily a um, double-digit win for the Titans had Goskowski been able to convert some field goals. So um, I didn't like Derek's performance too much. His yards per carry was not good. But you got to give a lot of credit to the Broncos' run defense. Um, but Tannehill had a really nice day. Corey Davis had a nice day. I think it was. I think it was a good win, but the the score is not going to say that it was as good as it really was. Yeah, and I think this game was the closer game, of course. But you know, this game was pretty ugly at the start, especially. You know, Titans had back to back delay games, so yeah, I just definitely didn't expect it to start off that bad. Yeah, Tannehill had a, a pretty decent game. I mean, he threw for two fifty yards. I mean, he threw four threw it forty three times. I mean. Didn't have any picks or anything, but what? And or uh, Sam, what was your thoughts on Koskowski? Uh, like, what what are you what are you feeling about him? You know, I kind of touched on it earlier, but Brable already stated that he's going to be back next week, so we're not going to see a change. But Tucker McCann, rookie from uh, Missouri, is actually on the practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring up two guys to the active roster. Kind of embarrassing that you would have to do that because you don't really want to be using two spots on the roster for kickers. Um, yeah, I I really have no words. Um, just embarrassing, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah, but uh, a win is a win. From there, you know, can't really complain. Yep, and he made the game-winning field goal, so yeah, he redeemed himself. The last thing I'm going to touch on is the start of the game was so – it was just kind of 
embarrassing for us. Just so undisciplined. Rashawn Evans punching Jake Butt. Just boneheaded by him. I hope that I hope to never see that again because he was quite a leader for us and not something you would typically see out of him. Kind of mm-hmm. kind of embarrassing. And this is something that Aiden and Sam can compare in as Jimmy Collins headbutted a referee, you know, Aiden being a Lions fan and Sam being a Yeah. I don't know. I've heard multiple stories, but in the end he did a he was kind of stupid. But I think he was trying to prove his point and leaned in the rep. But you just can't make those mistakes. I mean those leaders on your team, especially with a young team like the Lions. I mean, it's just yeah. Absolutely. For yeah, teams. for sure. Um, you can't really – obviously, you can fault the players, but um, it is week one, not a whole lot of camp, no preseason. So, some of these discipline issues, who, which would have been figured out at this point, may not have been this early. So, um, don't look into it too much, but, yeah. Yeah, and I guarantee you if um, Jamie Collin does what he did uh, – but the Lions, what, what, like saying, like, what if Jamie Collins was, was still with the Patriots? If he did that, like, Jamie Collins is probably cut from the team. Like, Belichick won't take that stuff. Yeah, it's just interesting how Patricia has a lot of different flaws with Belichick, even though they're both kind of in the, the same system at one time. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to our week one overreactions. We'll start with Andrew. Um, Aiden, obviously, we kind of touched on some of yours, but just kind of go through those again when we get to you. We're going to go one mm-hmm. by one. Um, Andrew, Aiden, me, then we're going to cycle through that again. Yeah, all right. So I'm going a, I'm to a do my first one, and I'm going to wait for you guys' reactions, which I'm excited for. My first one is Josh Allen is elite. Elite as in definitely on the rise, of course. But, you know, I think he's a – I wouldn't – Maybe top – no, not top five, but top ten quarterback in the league right now. Did you just say top five? No, I said I said maybe top five, and he then I thought about it again. It. I said he no. Questioned. He thought about oh that. Top ten. Andrew, what if, what if I taught you, dude? Josh, it's a, it's a oh. week one overreaction. We're basing this strictly off of week one. You are right, and I give you full credit because that is extremely unreasonable. Um, so you did a good job preparing for the overreaction part of this, but you know, it's that de- it's definitely an overreaction because Josh Allen. Um, I mean, I-, I don't even really want to get into it because I can get pretty pretty heated. So, um, Aiden, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, I kind of I actually really like that opinion of Josh Allen. I think he's definitely on the rise. Um, I mean, obviously, there's he's got to have some mistakes at some point, but no, nah, I think he's he's definitely. One or becoming one of the uh, top quarterbacks, but it just all depends on how he can actually finish out the year. He needs to continually pile these ga- uh, games in to really consider t- to be elite. But so far, he's on the right track, I think. Yeah, and Sam, what's your first uh, overreaction? My first overreaction is that the San Francisco Forty ers are not making the playoffs. So the mm. the past two years, the Super Bowl um, team from the NFC have either not made the playoffs or come very close to not making it. Obviously, the Rams last year and then the uh, Eagles nearly missed the playoffs a few years ago. The Niners, I, I was high on them, but they were not impressive. And it may be because George Kittle got hurt. That kind of flawed the offense a little bit, but not, not impressive. Yeah, and – 
Uh, I can see the 49ers possibly not winning the division, but they'll at least make it as a wild card. Like, they're still a, well, a well-coached team, you know. They Jimmy G is still uh, playing well for them. You know, Kittle going down really hurt, obviously. But uh, Raheem Mostert showed what he did uh, like he did in the Super Bowl last year. So Yeah, it's, it's really tough to tell. Him. But honestly, it's, it's kind of an interesting opinion. I mean, obviously they got – Kittle, who was one of the top court of, or top tight ends, kind of got hurt. But um, I think it's a definitely a great opinion to think about. But I don't know. It's I think it's too really early to call that. But it would honestly it wouldn't honestly surprise me if they do miss it. Fuck. Oh my god, I did it again. I keep muting myself. <laughs> Aiden, what is your um actually go through some of those that you touched on earlier briefly? So the first one that I already touched on earlier with the evolving the lions is I thought that Patricia, the Lions head coach, is going to be fired the next time the Lions will lose a big lead and lose the game. I just think it's been enough really. It's too many blown opportunities. I mean, if you're up by so many points and I mean, I know maybe sometimes it's on some, like, a couple players in the defense or offense. But, I mean, it's it's getting repetitive almost to the point where Patricia needs to make more I, – I don't know. I just – I've – as a Lions fan, I've not, I've not really been super pleased of all the overall moves he's made. I mean, he did add, like, Jamie Collins and the Patriots. But he's added – he's just kind of – very interesting way. But, yeah, I think the next time that they do blow a big lead and – and lose the game, and I think he's probably going to be fired. Andrew, what is your um, second hot take? No, many Saints fans will hate me for this, but, you know, I said Michael Thomas is not a top five receiver, you know. Definitely did not have a a good game. Um, You know, some of that is due to injury, but, you know, overall, I just don't think he's as talented as some of the guys like Julio, D-Hop, Tyreek is even, even up there. I'm trying to think of some others that can be up there. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Um, mm, yeah. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of top guys, you know. But that's kind of – I mean, that's, that's pretty risky. As a big Julio guy, obviously, you're kind of formulated to say that. Um, he did get hurt, so he didn't have a great performance. Yes, but I would also like to say I'm also a diehard Ohio State fan and supported this guy in Michael Thomas. So, I'm biased towards Julio. I think – I. Like, no bias at all. Julio's a better player. You know, size, strength, speed, you know. Some of those catches he made were just miraculous and making mm-hmm. us look really, really good. But, yeah, Michael Thomas is definitely a good receiver, but I don't know if he's top five right now, injury or non-injury. Okay, interesting. Sam, what is uh, your second hot take? My, my second hot take is one that, I don't know, I feel like you guys might agree with this. Phillip Rivers is the fourth best quarterback in the AFC South dead last in the division Gardner obviously outperformed him in their matchup he just he looked old the O-line which was supposed to cause him to kind of get rid of some of those issues from last year clearly didn't help Um, I think he's just aged I think he is the fourth best quarterback in the AFC South what are we thinking you know if we're talking you can't really judge Philip Rivers off of like one game, but like if we're talking last year, 
I would say Gardner, but like after his performance this week, obviously it being called uh, NFL Week One overreactions, you know, you could you could definitely argue that. So yeah, yeah. I I think this is an arguable take, and especially I mean, you're, Philip Rivers is playing a team like the Jaguars, and they're not very talented, except like guys like Minshew. I think Minshew's definitely not the the worst. Uh, I yeah, I I probably have to agree right now just because what Philip Rivers showed in the first in Week One just I thought wasn't acceptable, especially playing like a really bad team like the Jaguars. Like it should be an easy win. They had the lead and they just kind of blew it, and Rivers just never really responded. So yeah, I probably right now yeah I would probably say he's the the worst one. Yeah, and it's also hard to say that for Philip Rivers. You know, obviously it being his first game in a Colts uniform and all that. So That's true. Yeah. Um, Andrew, so Aiden made the uh, prediction earlier that the um, Cardinals were the next Ravens. How are you feeling about that? You know, I can see, like, game, uh, game style and all that, like just running the ball like a, like a more new age QB, you know, like the Kylers and the Lamars. I can see that, but. You know, other than that, like, I don't really know what else they have in common. Uh, I mean, they're just – part of it is because the Ravens. I mean, you look at them. They're start – like, they got a lot of young players on – both on D on O. I think uh, it kind of – I, I, I just – you know what? Every time I think of the, the Cardinals, I always think of the Ravens in just a way that they – I mean – not that they only play, but they're ty- the type of team they have. Um, and I just I – th- I don't know. It's, that's, that's just at least one of the first things that came to my mind when I think of the Cardinals. Yeah. One, one thing that I would argue with you on is that I feel like the Ravens last year were more of kind of a beneficiary of being in a kind of an easier division. Um, yeah, that's fair. The Cardinals, not so much. They're probably in the toughest division of football. So that might uh, kind of limit – maybe the Cardinals from potentially getting to that level that the Ravens were at last year. Yeah, but what I saw from the, this week, which is obviously we're doing these hot takes for a reason this week, um, I just thought what I saw, they have definitely have the potential to make that happen. And my question for you guys is, what division would you take, like, uh, and, like, for, like, saying, like, how deep they are, the NFC South or the NFC West? Um, Did you say more deeper? Or better? I mean, I think the NFC South is more top-heavy. But, you know, that – I would argue with you there. I I think that NFC West is overall better. I think they're deeper and more talented at the top. You could argue. But, you know, after seeing the Saints play week one, like the Saints are probably top three in the NFC, if not the best in the NFC this year. So, true. Yeah, those um, are – Two really good divisions. Um, deeper, I would probably go with uh, NFC West, but then I don't know. They got some really good teams at the top, at the top so man, it's hard to tell. What I should say is, like, if both teams were to make an All-Star team, like, what team would, would be like? What division would be better? So I'm saying, like, QB, you'd have Brady or Breeze or Matt Ryan, even running back, you have McCaffrey. Wide receiver, you got Julio, Michael Thomas, you know, some. Another. Yeah, 
Now that you think about it that way, I'd probably lean to – I don't know. It, you'd have I, to – I would go south in that case. I'd probably go south, yeah. yeah. That's my argument. I mean, like, I feel like the NFC West is, like, inconsistent because, like, one year the Rams are at the top, one year the 49ers, and mm-hmm. some people can – Now like, the Cardinals are kind of lurking, but then it's just like, yeah, we don't know. What's the other team besides those three? Uh, Niners. The Niners. Oh. <laughs> the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups. No, no, no. I mean, uh, yeah. Wait, I was saying like Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. So like the Seahawks used to run the division and stuff, and like mm-hmm. ever since then, it's been like a different winner. I feel like. Yeah, they, you're not wrong. Okay, uh, Andrew. Um, what was your third overreaction? You know, I think a lot of people will agree agree with me uh, on this if you watch the Saints Bucks game. But you know, I said Gronk is not the best tight end in t- Tampa Bay. I think O.J. Howard's still the best, and he proves why he's still tied in one with his touchdown. You know, Gronk had, what, two receptions, maybe 20 yards. So, Yeah, yeah I completely agree. You know, Gronk obviously was going to be overhyped. His arrival in Tampa was probably more highly anticipated than it should have been. So, you know, you got to kind of feel bad for O.J. Howard, kind of pushed aside, but, you know, um, Brady kind of gravitated towards him rather than Gronk in um, this game. So, you know, I, I completely agree with that take. Yeah, it's tough for, like, guys like Gronk because, I mean, he took a year off. Um, O.J. Howard had a ent- full entire year um, with the Buccaneers. It's, it's, I mean, it's just like anything. If you take a year off, it's hard to expect the same production as what you – originally had no matter how good you were in the past I mean but yeah that's definitely a great take yeah for sure and people thought that I mean I think they both have the equal head start you know uh Gronk playing with with uh Brady and Brady having to adjust to the Buck system which OJ Howard has already been a part of for a while but yeah I mean I don't think Gronk's the same player as he was three years ago when you know he was arguably the best starter in the league so for sure mm-hmm. for sure um my last and final overreaction the um, NFC is a two-team race between the Seattle Seahawks and New Orleans Saints. Both teams looked outstanding this weekend. Um, obviously, Seattle, Russell Wilson looked insane. New Orleans, quarterback not so much, but the rest of the team and the defense was solid. I think it's between these two um, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, what are you guys thinking about that? I mean, yeah, definitely probable. You I mean I think the Saints will win the NFC South and the um, Seahawks. I don't know. I just, I picked the Niners still. You know, despite their Week One loss. You know, I think if Kittle's healthy, they win that game by ten plus. Kittle's the most targeted player in that offense. So, yeah, yeah, probable. I I definitely like the take. Um, it's just really interesting to think about, like the Packers. Though I don't know if you. Expect the same production from Rodgers the entire year, but yeah, I could def you could definitely see either the Saints or the Seahawks doing well. And overall, Aiden, what's your last hot take? So, my last hot take it's I honestly, you guys could agree with me, you guys could disagree with me. Um, so my last one this might cause some controversy, maybe not. I thought that the Browns will not win more than five or six games. That year. is definitely a valid opinion. You know, uh, OBJ is in the trading block, and, you know, I could definitely see that happening with uh, Stefanski at the helm. 
Yeah. Oh, and another part of this is that uh, Baker's job will be in jeopardy. That's another part. That's the second part. I think his job's already in jeopardy at this point. Is is that controversial? Mm, no, not really. I mean, you got it. What this is his th- is this his second full year? Yeah, he, I mean, he's it's not gonna third. get. He's not gonna be benched because you can't really do that if you're um, the Browns coaching staff, but. Uh, sure. If I was a coach making decisions, he'd probably be on more of a hot seat than any other player on the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not the coach's fault. It's not Stefanski like they had with Freddie Kitchens. They could blame someone then, but they have a new coach. So you can't really at this. I mean, after week one, you can't blame Stefanski. I mean, you just gotta expect your players to play well. But I don't know. It's week one, twenty twenty. We could see the Browns bounce back, but what I saw from week one was could be a very bad and just repeat of the last couple of seasons, really. Yeah, and I get how bad Hugh Jackson was, but, like, just, like, I don't get why they fired him after Baker had such a good rookie year, and then ever since they fired him, he just hasn't done the same in other people's systems and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think I, I definitely think that Baker would have a, def- a different career path Yeah, if uh, Hugh Jackson was still the coach. Yeah, Um but part of that with the Hugh thing was some of those teams they were playing at the end of that season where he kind of showed um, some signs of being really good were pretty bad. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, but he kind of got the luck of the draw with the schedule towards the end of that year. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Well, um, that is it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed, um, obviously our college football predictions. Hopefully that goes well. Um, and then our week one NFL recap um, with some predictions that will probably be um, down the drain in a few weeks. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. And we are also going to put out something non-football this week, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, be on the lookout for <laughs> we got about soon. We got about four or five episodes of strictly NFL, college football, and we love talking about it, but, you know, there's always something else we talk about, so. Yeah. Probably go ahead. Probably move on to our uh, NBA conference finals predictions, which I'm super excited for. So yeah, for sure. Um, conference finals, you know, just waiting on one more game um, in order to fulfill the matchups. So we'll we'll get that covered. I hope you guys enjoy hearing basketball, but we are excited to bring it to you. Any for last sure. words? Nope. nope. That's about it. Well, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like, rate, review, and. Um, if you didn't know, we are on Apple Podcasts now, so if that makes it easy for you to listen, just go ahead and go there. Um, thank you guys for listening, and um, peace out. Thanks for watching or listening.